welcome to the Property Portfolio Podcast with Mark Stokes and Nigel Green. Every week we inspire and guide you towards success in the world of property development, mentorship and fundraising. Before we jump into today's episode, a reminder to join us at equacademy.co.uk where you can gain free access to hundreds of videos and templates to help you on your property development journey. Well, a very warm welcome to Breakfast with Nigel and Mark. Good morning, Nigel. Good morning, Mark. How are you today? You okay? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. And lots of our usual attendees joining. So good morning to you one and all. Hope you're having an absolutely fantastic week. And uh, we aim to give you that extra pulse, that extra burst of energy in the subjects that are important to you. And that's what it's about, Nigel, isn't it? It's in a very relaxed, informal manner you know, really adding value to the things that are going to make your personal economy uh, greater. Very much so, very much so. And and to boot, Mark, we've um, there's quite a special week this week, isn't it, <clears throat> on the, uh, the book front? It is, yeah, yeah. We've got the book launch on Friday. That's uh, Property and SaaS Secrets. So we'll have a little bit of a, a deeper dive into that uh, a little bit later on. So uh, exciting times, exciting times. It's, it's my 35-year itch I wanted to scratch, and I've done five of them in about two and a half years. So uh, enjoy those. So it's a process. And actually, many of our mentees have, have started to embark on writing books themselves. They have. They have, absolutely. And, you know, advice to your younger self as well. We purposely made that volume one so that we could bring volume two and beyond thereafter. And, um, you know, very very humble that you know the mentees are going to share the stories which is just fantastic so uh, so that uh, should be coming out soon i guess it's a cathartic experience um you know in the world of it and things but actually getting something down on paper or on a word document to actually putting it down there and uh, we always say you know start with version one to get to version 10 and sometimes your thoughts take a while to to evolve don't they but action get it down there yeah start Absolutely. And I think time, time has this um, profound effect of um, making you forget things, you know, in terms of what, what you did do. But I think, you know, writing a chapter or writing a book, particularly about your life or your experiences, just en- enables those thoughts to bubble up to the surface, which, which is great. And, um, you know, we, we, we did a chapter each, didn't we, on the uh, advice to younger self. And that was just great. You know, it starts with that blank piece of paper. You, you put a few of the obvious things in the centre of that page, and then just allow it to grow arms and legs. And um, and you know, you know, personally, I I found it uh, multifunctional really in terms of the process. Um, you know, I I offered the uh, the draft to my my, my girls, um, Hannah and Caitlin, and they proofread it for me. I gave it to my wife. She proof, you know, and it and it's a way that you can share the story. And it's just, you know, it's it's a way of doing things without kind of, you know, directly doing things, if you like. So it's it's really good, really good process. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's an emotional journey writing um, mm. you know, any form of novel, book, um, chapter, or paper on on anything. Um, I was having a good good chat with uh, yesterday with a good friend Lee and uh, one of our mentees uh, who's um, about to start writing a book. Um, one of the helpful tips that that I've sort of gathered over the over the years is uh, 
you know, you can get the kind of zoom back by leaning over your laptop, just typing away. And you've got to do that. You've got to get stuff down, although you can use audio and, you know, voice recording. Um, but is is to make it a visual experience as well. And as soon as I engaged Avni, you know, wonderful Avni, she does fantastic work. She's done all the design of, of all of the books uh, to date. As soon as I engaged her, it was that accountability to somebody else. Mm. So I had something then visual, the artistic, the graphics, the design. And that was quite a nice segue every now and again to, to, to break up. Which brings, anyway, it, brings it to life, doesn't it? Yeah. It does, yeah. And, and that's a great example where, you know, in, in mentorship, um, it can cover anything. Anything in life, it's not just about property, finding property, raising money. Uh, SAS pensions, business, you know, it could be about, you know, achieving your your vision. And one of your visions could be actually writing a book. Absolutely. So uh, Absolutely. there we go. So uh, what is what we do know, Nigel, is what is top of most people's list is finding great deals, though. That's a, that's key for, for many people's strategy. And we've been covering that uh, quite a number of times over the last six months. Um, we so, have. It's yeah. this morning, isn't it? Yes, very much so. And, it, you know, it's a key part of, you know, building that asset base, um, you know, finding those opportunities, um, you know, but finding the good the good stuff out there. And there's a, there's a lot of stuff. And, I, you know, I don't know about other people, but I've, I've found certainly my inbox is starting to fill quite progressively over the, you know, certainly – uh, from you know the start of the new year, uh, there's been more activity out there. Whether that's to do with what's happened in 2020, who knows? And obviously, continuing on in 2021, who knows? But you know, there seems to be some great opportunities out there. And um, but yeah, as you say, Mark, it's it's finding them, isn't it? Um, they don't just naturally gravitate to you. You've got to become that magnet, um, so people you know send you those opportunities. And I, I think. Um, you know, starting out, I think it's just defining what you want and be, being very clear in the message. Um, so we, uh, I mean, everybody can gain gain access to this, by the way, if you want to get into our Equa portal. So you can just go to equacademy.co.uk and just get in there and dive into a section called um, development. And then within a subsection called finding, we've got a a search criteria there it's our template actually it's our development business template and it's what we use actively every every day just to share what we want you know to be very very clear but also more importantly to be very very consistent with everybody that we speak to so it's it's, it's clear in their mind and um you know so the search criteria probably picks up things like you know the headlines the kind of big lumps you're looking for and it might be you know, it might be office buildings, it might be land, it might be mixed-use buildings, and it could be any of any of the above. Um, I think location is key as well. So, where where do you want to find these things? I mean, if your if your spread is the UK, that's a little bit too wide. You know, I think you want to bring it in. Your criteria could be: look, you know, I live here, and I don't want to travel any further than half an hour, ten miles an hour, you know, whatever it may be, um, you know, you need to get that down because what we're looking for on the map is to be able to draw a circle on the map to define exactly where your search area is. It's really, really important, you know, to, to maybe think about, you know, within your search criteria, maybe the size, you know, what, what sort of size are you looking for? And that could be size of site, 
That could be size of building. That could be size of, you know, maybe maximum gross development value. Um, could be size. Could be or equally include the maximum purchase price for the uh, the asset that you're building. Uh, buying, sorry. You know, maybe you want to think about amenity. You know, in terms of if it is an office building, how many parking spaces do you want? You know, are you looking for a you know, if you're going to convert it into, let's say, 10 residential units, do you want a one-to-one ratio on your parking? So do you want a minimum of 10 parking spaces? These these sort of aspects are, are very, very important. You know, when we're, when we're converting existing buildings, the limiting factors that we have are clearly the, the slab to soffit height in each of the floors. And you know, converting to residential, we've got services to run through the ceilings. Um, and therefore that brings us the ceiling down, you know, so we need to define maybe there's a minimum, you know, kind of floor to ceiling height, be it slab to soffit, that we need to put into our search criteria so that agents, sorting agents, you know, anybody that's providing you and serving you, you know, with opportunity, they're very clear what you're looking for so you won't be provided and you never say never you probably will be provided but it gives them a good guide in what you're actually actually looking for um you mentioned slab to soffit there um and the the, the services um uh you know at uh, soffit level and uh, interestingly we've had uh, two or three examples haven't we where we've had uh chunk is down below oh, yeah. where um, the different type of construction where we yeah. normally sort up through the the, 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 the slab um, and put our drains, our manholes for um, for toilets and that sort of thing. Um, we've not been able to do that. Maybe it's been a reinforced mm-hmm. raft foundation. Yeah. Um, we've done we've done all the due diligence. You know, we've got the as builts, but sometimes the as builts aren't available. But there are there are telling signs. You know, was the building piled? Is it on a slope? Are there some indicators there? Um, but if you're not careful, you're going to be raising the floor and putting a you know nine-inch raised access floor in, and you know, that can cause delays and additional costs. So great example why you can't forecast everything, can you? That's why the importance of contingency, which I know we've got another session on that. In indeed. Yes, indeed. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and just maybe this building, you know, or this site, or, you know, think of the finished product. What are you trying to achieve? Um, We'll just stick with an office building at the moment, converting to residential. You know, you want these these units, whatever they may be, one, two bedroom flats, to be light and airy, don't we? So we want plenty of windows, um, you know, good aspects, good view, the, all these sort of aspects. You might want to consider putting those into, into your search criteria. And is there a preference? You know, would you prefer to have a detached building opposed to an attached building, you know? If you if you've got something attached to something else, you've got to deal with matters of party wall agreements and all those sort of aspects, which all come into the you know adding further complexity, if you like, into the build. Opposed to you know a plot of land with a building in the centre of it, parking around, you know, would that be a preference? Again, we need to absolutely get this down. Um, we might want to think also, Mark, about you know how high this building is. And not, not necessarily how high it is now, but how high it will be. And, you know, you know, we we find that maybe a ground and first floor is okay, um, you know, for people to kind of walk up the stairs. But when you start to get to three and four and five stories, 
it's almost essential to have a lift and sometimes two lifts, you know, and, you know, it's a major, major cost, a major consideration to put in if you haven't got one there already. So it's really just thinking about that. So again, the criteria might be zero on two. If the property is over three floors, we need to make sure it's got a lift in it. Not essential in all cases, but, you know, it would be ideal if we could do that. So that's becoming increasingly prominent, isn't it, with um, the relaxation in planning and the opportunity for airspace. Um, But as we know from past experience, that, as you say, the higher you go up, you know, think services, think siphonic drainage, um, think scaffolding, think maybe tower cranes, oversail. There's so many things to think about. and, and hence, that's why you need something like the Equidea, uh, you know, quite a detailed analytic tool yeah. um, that's user-friendly to be able to computate this. And we, we use those two words, don't we? Simulate and anticipate. That's right. Um, you know, hugely important in, in analysing. And, and you've got uh, you've got another session at the end of this week, haven't you, with our mentees on the Equidea yeah. workshop? Absolutely. So we, we, we kind of pull the DA apart. We look at you know, all sorts of different deals, uh, you know, looking at the art of the possible in terms of something that's presented, analyse them in real time. And, yeah, the next session is uh, on Friday, so really looking forward to that. That's uh, great. In the, um, I remember having a chat with um, with two people, you may recall, it was uh, about a year ago now. Uh, it was, it's a classic case of not seeing something that's on your own doorstep. Um uh, we had one person living in near Manchester, another one living in London. And the person in Manchester couldn't find anything local and was deciding to invest in Leeds. And the person in London couldn't find anything in London and was deciding to invest in Manchester. <laughs> so we and was finding it was having great success, was finding deals in Manchester. So we we stuck them both together and said, look, one of you is missing something here. Um, <laughs> and since then, they've been able to forge a really great relationship. So mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the grass is, looks greener on the other side. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, when you found one of our first deals when we left corporate life, you were going to have a haircut in Colchester, weren't mm-hmm. you? You wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have been going for a haircut 200 miles away. Um, being there and seeing the local environment, seeing how it evolves. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we can do the haircut story another time, can't we? And maybe another session. <laughs> but yeah, I, so just carrying on with the search criteria, I think condi- conditionality is important as well. You know, have you got ideology there where you want, you know, opportunity with planning, without planning? Um, and it's just really just getting it down there that maybe you're, you're minded that if it hasn't got planning, that all of your offers will be conditional. But it's it's really important to communicate that out. And really any exceptions, um, you know, you, you may feel that you don't want to tackle anything that's uh, termed ancient, you know, in terms of the building. You know, we, we tend to target things less than kind of 20 years old, um, that sort of thing. So you, you've got a, you know, a modern method of construction. You're not into oak timber frame or anything complicated because that can you know, build on your your conversion rate, uh, and certainly probably build on your contingency percentage as well. If it's um, anything more than the norm, and you know, maybe last but not least, probably um, consider you know freehold versus leasehold. You know, would you consider, you know, okay, the, the norm is we're going to buy the freehold, but would you consider a 
a thousand year leasehold, let's say, of a building or or a number of floors. You know, so it's these things to to think about. But I think of all of that, it's really it's really important process to go through. But I think the key part of that going through that search criteria is just identify the area. Because that leads on to the next stage. Because once you've identified your area, which is as a result of doing the search criteria, it's now finding every single person within that location that can serve you, who can bring you opportunities, who know who know you're in location and you're looking actively for uh, for deals in that location. So you know the area is absolutely uh, pivotal, really. And so how how do you get all these names, you know? And, you know, there's there's all sorts of CRM systems you could use to start logging people in, or you could use an Excel spreadsheet, you know, but nonetheless, we've got to get it down. And it's a case of really researching in the location. The obvious methods, you know, you could go to the commercial section of Rightmove, Google, Facebook, social media, you know, all these sort of aspects. Speak to friends, see if... If there's people that you know work and find opportunities in your area and just get them down get them down absolutely and it's going to involve a little bit of phone calling as well you know so you might have got a company in location that's a commercial and a residential agent or just purely a commercial but we've got to find the party that we need to speak to um you know so it's making a phone call and connecting with somebody on the other end and getting their name and details in there because we're going to be checking in with these people regularly on a possibly initially on a fortnightly basis so it's just getting this down so what, what we're going to end up with nice search criteria a huge list or a, or a long list of people that can serve you and uh, consisting of um you know wholesale names national en- uh, companies local companies um independence maybe sourcing agents etc all these names are going to be on the left hand side and guess what we're going to phone every single one of them we're going to just phone it's just the hard grind we're going to start at the top and we're going to work all the way down we're going to use the search criteria as our script but we're not going to read it we're just going to use it as our prompt okay so we're just going to pick off the various bits and pieces and talk to them uh, you know, but we're going to make sure we don't miss any particular points out because it is relevant in the conversation. And then, you know, if if there is an opportunity, um, you know, hopefully the, the person on the other end of the phone will say, well, actually something's come in and we've got this opportunity, I'll send it over to you. So that can derive opportunity in the first instance. But if not, you know, I, I tend to just send them a nice email at the end of the call just to say, you know, thank you. Really nice to talk to you. I've just attached our search criteria for your reference. And if you don't mind, I'll give you a call in, in two weeks and just check in again and see how things are going. But it's uncanny, Mark. You go through this list, you know, this list, this new list of people and people who can serve you. And it's almost, I mean, certainly speaking to our mentees, you know, just by going through the list, three or four opportunities have spun out, you know. And at the end of the day, what we're looking for in the first instance is the first deal, isn't it? That's all we're looking for in the first instance, that first opportunity and that first yes. So just just to have two or three opportunities ping up in your your inbox as a result of doing this exercise, I think it's just, you know, just fantastic. And then we can move on to the next stage, which is the deal analysis and due diligence and what have you. But... There's yeah, a, that's, um, there's a fear and a, 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 a mindset that's uh, required here 
Um, you've just got to make a start and pick up the phone. Um, your your tenth call to an agent will be a lot more polished and smooth than your first call. You know, accept yeah, that and kind of get over yourselves and and start making that first call. And you'll you'll start to over a period of time there'll be less and less new questions you'll get. So you'll be able to explain um, and present yourself on a, a an improving basis. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, many many people on here might have a a SAS pension. Now, many commercial agents won't know what a SAS pension is, but if you're struggling to find the evidence and credibility to approach commercial agents, just explain what you do. I've run a successful business for a while. I've exited corporate life, and I run my own investment fund. The fact that it's a SAS is kind of irrelevant. They might not know, but it, you know, it, it raises that credibility. So you'll find mm-hmm. that different different language um, which you'll morph into. Um, which is still very credible, and it will help you uh, enormously. Mm, absolutely, you know. And, and in your in in your defined area, just keep your keep your spider senses on full alert. You know, if you're in that location, if you walk in the streets, when we can kind of get out, um, just just be watching for for sailboards going up and and to let boards going up. And I hear you say, "Why to let boards, Nigel?" Well, in terms of you know the letting market that defines, particularly in the commercial um, market, that defines a changing of circumstances. The reason why a to-let board has gone up is because the owner of the building has either, you know, as the lease expired, is um, had to get legal on a maybe a tenant that isn't paying the rent, and there's been a forfeiture of lease uh, related matter, and they've been moved out of the building. In any event, that landlord has now had a change of circumstance. All of a sudden, whereby his lease and his lessee was picking up all the bills, picking up the electricity, gas, utilities, you know, dealing with it's an FRI, full repair and insuring lease basis, dealing with even the maintenance of the building and contributing towards it. All of a sudden, that's coming back on the landlord. That's coming back. So he's now got to pick up the costs. He's getting no income. You know, on that particular section of the building, so there's a, a massive change of circumstances. So that's why to let is equally as important as to sell. You know, and you know, so what? So would that building owner be minded minded to receive a letter inquiring whether they would think about selling? Maybe they would. Absolutely. So you know, we should be we should be looking for for sale as well as to let and you know we just know, don't know what what could uh, transpire from that i think that's a great tip and that should really resonate with every single person on this this call and we've actually got a record-breaking attendance this morning so thank you all um you know the not every seller knows they want to sell mm. they, they, they just don't and we've had many examples you've found a, a lot of buildings now haven't you mm. that, in the process of being let and and some as part of their portfolio they even haven't even considered selling no Mar, do you remember when we we bought um where the vendor the building had been empty for years hadn't it absolutely years and it was a lovely looking building um you know and we we just put a, a letter in just put a letter in it went quiet for gosh months wasn't it six months yeah six months yeah and um, it just came back and, 
you know, the, the vendor had received this letter. He'd put it on the boardroom table when they had the meeting. He'd actually tasked another party to kind of contact us, but it had just got forgotten about, to be honest. And he he just picked the letter up and phoned us out of the blue, didn't he? And he said, uh, I'm interested in selling. So it just shows you, doesn't it? You know, these things. Uh, and that wasn't actually even on the let market. It was completely empty. It wasn't on the for sale. It wasn't on the to let. It was just empty. <laughs> so, you know, these are where the opportunities are. Direct to vendor, uh, great negotiation and, um, you know, great deals can be had. Yeah, and that was we we tried really hard to get in contact with them, and uh, there was mm. no response. So, um, well, you prepared a full offer, didn't you? Mm. Full offer. We put a full offer in, and and if I remember, that offer was was two point four million. And then six months later, when we got the call, I'm incredibly sorry we haven't responded. We've just had a board meeting, and would you be free for a coffee? Mm-hmm. We closed that that deal and exchanged. I think three to four weeks later, yeah. at two point two million. Yeah, because hey, guess what? The economy's changed. Our circumstances have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a little bit of negotiation there, but uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it was creating shared value. It was a time that they were prepared to sell. It was a price they were happy with. Yeah, and we've still got a great rapport with that uh, that vendor who has another commercial property. Absolutely, um, and we're Absolutely. tracking that remaining lease on that, aren't we? So, uh, indeed, indeed. Know what could come of that? Yeah, very, very much so. So, yeah. So, okay. So, we're starting to get deals through, which is great. And as I say, we can move on to the DD another week um, and the due diligence and what have you. But you know, I think it's really, really important. Um, you know, the agent or the contact has put faith in you. He sent you the opportunity, and I think it's really important. On a, on a turnaround basis, you've got to be, we call it speed to market. So really turn it around quickly, everything in, analyze it, you know, within an inch of its life, put the propositions forward to this vendor. But in the interim, just keep them, keep them connected with the, the progress, you know, even if it's just a little note to say, you know, really appreciate sending this through just to let you know we're fully on board it's with the team you know we're going out to local agents for local agent views we're doing the analysis even on a daily basis just keep them connected with your activities silence is the worst thing it's the worst thing they can receive and they just think you're not interested you know and they'll they'll just spin it off to somebody else at the end of the day the commercial agents you know they earn their money through fees generally and in some cases, you know, they're, they're, there's no retainer, so they don't have a salary. They just earn their money on a fee-only basis. So they're going to keep pumping it out to people on the off chance it'll stick. Um, so that communication is really, really important. And, you know, if you can turn it around and get an offer back, or or should I say a conclusion back to the uh, commercial agent within 24 hours, maybe 48 maximum, that's what we should be targeting. And if it doesn't work, it you know, it's 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 a numbers game. We know it's a numbers game. Just explain to them why. Maybe run through a few of the high-level numbers. Look, we looked at the GDV. The GDV drives, you know, the costs of the costs, you know, whatever we want to do. GDV is driving everything. That that creates the differential between, obviously, GDV and, and uh, costs. So you get your profit. The banks um, impose a minimum criteria of profit. And therefore, the only flexing item is the purchase price. Just in those words and give them some high-level numbers, talk it through with them. Who knows? 
And sometimes, you know, sometimes if we're wild like that, I'll, I'll just have a conversation with the agent and just say, I'm really struggling. What, what have I missed? <laughs> you know, have that conversation. A bit tongue-in-cheek, but what have I missed? And it opens up a dialogue. And, you, you know, you just never know. It might, it might um, you know, it might move on to something else. So, so that's really important. Cool. Great example where um, you, we, we put a, if we're not careful, we put an awful lot of pressure on ourselves to create the answers. Yeah. But we can create a lot of credibility by asking very intelligent questions mm-hmm. and then being quiet, allowing the other party to share their wisdom, yeah. share their thoughts. Absolutely. Uh, so um, yeah. I love a great quote, and there's one out there about uh, you know, it's not the quality of the answer, it's the quality of the questions that defines a person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, very much so. So, yeah, so we've kind of picked up on the for sale market, the telet market. Um, we've we've talked about keeping the spider sensors on full alert as you're walking through the town and just seeing any changes and those sort of things. But but also, you know, we've got some great tools out there now. You know, I think of I think of you know people have got Nimbus Maps and they've, they've got Land Insight and there's loads of other platforms. I mean, they're all <clears throat> they're all sourcing back to Land Registry ultimately. But nonetheless, you know, the presentation of the material is just great great these days you know we certainly didn't have that 10 years ago um but that you know what that's doing that's given us a wider market a wider opportunity to tap into buildings that are not on the market at the moment you know if you if you're walking down the street spider sensors on full alert see you know it could be it could be in the evening when the lights are on these sort of things and you you kind of look up and you know there's half the building is is off um could suggest that it's only half full, you know, that sort of thing. So again, could there be an opportunity of a direct approach uh, to that building owner uh, just to see if they're minded to accept an offer? Uh, if nothing else, it might just set the seed in their minds for another six months down the line, you know. Um, so, you know, I think that that those portals are great. And, um, you know, you can so, certainly zero in and target on buildings and, you know, start to write the letters and there's, there's various tips and tricks around that that, uh, again, we can share on other on other episodes. We, we use those extensively, don't we, with our uh, supported living business, uh, Cornerstone Place. Yep. Um, I mean, hugely beneficial. Um, and we're seeing massive returns from that mm. as well. It's the responsiveness, isn't it? The access to all that information, mm. uh, uh, which enables that speed that, that you talk yeah. about. Uh, yeah, very much so. Very much so. You know, and let's let's have a positive spin. So we've actually secured our first deal. It's, we've got that yes, which is fantastic. We know it comes from volume. I mean, you, you might you might be looking, and the first opportunity becomes a yes. You know, we just don't know until we get there. Um, but you know, once you get the yes, communicate it, communicate it to the network. Um, you know, particularly when you're going through the various stages, you've got a yes. You know, exchange completion. It's really valuable to get it out there and demonstrate to the market that you are a doer and not necessarily a tie kicker. You know, you are actually doing deals. And that will naturally, you know, attract people towards you. Um, you know, the commercial agents, and I'm sure they're all on social media, and they'll, they'll see this, you know, and, and just tell everybody what you're doing. And also along the journey as well. You know, um, you know, the first month in, the second month in, just allow people to connect with you and just see the journey. And and it's Mark, it's not just um, you know sourcing the next opportunity; it's also private investment, isn't it? As well, 
You know, it's, it's a good example where people, are, in our experience, tend to watch you for a while. They'll, they'll keep they'll keep watching you and see what you're doing, how you act, how you do this, how you do that. You know, and and then they'll make contact. It te- that's the the way it tends to happen, isn't it? Very very much so. Um, I mean, most weeks I'll, I'll get a, a call or a, just a, a very courteous note from somebody saying, you know, I've been been watching you for a while now. Might even be a couple of years. Um, would you fancy uh, a, a quick chat? And you never know what that is. And uh, but that's that's being authentic, just being who you are. Um, you know, you see so many dubious practices on social media. People trying to create a front. Yeah. Um, just be who you are, and the agents really appreciate that, as as do potential private investors. Yeah. Got a couple of notes here in the uh, that people have sent in. Listening, uh, hi Ian, hope you're well. Ian and Matt doing some fantastic work out there. You know they're seeing more sites and deals around than they have done um, in in many years, and they're they're really filling their their hopper at the moment. I know you've had a number of calls with them, uh, Nigel, recently. Yeah, um, there's some interesting changes in the market to to watch, isn't there? We mentioned airspace earlier on. Mm-hmm. We're currently tracking the government white paper on affordable homes, um, which could have a material effect on um, you know the density of certain mm-hmm. planning uh, applications. That's something we're watching carefully. It is, it is, and it, it, you know, from a from a land deal perspective, it tends to be there's lots of activity on kind of one to nine houses depending on the local authority and where their criteria is but <clears throat> one to nine one to ten you know that a lot of activity over that's a little bit quiet and it's because of the um uh, you know the application of affordable housing levy it tends to have a bit of a distortion on the numbers um but yeah as you say mark you know uh, there is a white paper there at the moment and we're hoping that threshold is going to be lifted well we hit we've heard from uh planning consultants you know kind of 20 30 even up to 50 units you know which was really open up that part of the market for us and again something to look forward to in <clears throat> in 2021 yeah uh, john o'donnell asked an interesting question which um which we sometimes get um do you have any thoughts on outsourcing to build up contacts lists uh, for helping to find sites or deals. Um, some people use VAs uh, remotely, for instance. Any mm. thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, personally, um, I'm sure I'm sure that could be done. Um, I, I can only tell you what I've personally done. And I've I've just used, you know, the normal portals, Rightmove, Google, um, social media, just to, just to identify, you know, back in the day, network meetings as well. Um, just to identify key people, um, and at the end of the you know at the end of the day, Mark, it, the list is going to be extensive to start with, isn't it? It's going to be huge, you know, because what we're looking for is everybody who can serve you. We don't want any stone to be unturned, you know, in this process. So, any deal that pops up in your area, you know, if we've followed the process, we should have an opportunity come through. That's that's the definitely the aspiration. I think. I think the reality is, as you start to do deals, as you as you demonstrate to the market that you are doers, opposed to tie kickers, as I say, um, the deals will naturally gravitate. So people will start to just send you them. They'll give you a call. Are you interested in this? Yes, I'll send you through. Right. So you're not necessarily chasing. If you if you slightly flex your area, so 
you know, instead of being that location, we move it to that location in terms of a, a circle, then that might open up new um, new agents, et cetera, which we'll just have to start the process again and add them to the list. But I think over time that the people that serve you actually reduce down to, I think we've got actively probably five to six people that actively serve us, you know, in what we need. Um, and it just kind of boils it down, you know, and every now and again, somebody else will pop up and say, oh, I haven't spoke, spoken to you for a while. Would you like to have a look at this? You know, that's that sort of scenario. It's taking the time to create those relationships. You know, with a shadow, without a shadow of a doubt, what their economic equation is, don't you? What yeah. their model looks like. Yeah. And, and they know that if Nigel puts an offer in, he's good for that and he'll get it over the finishing line. Mm. And that's, they've, they've got a fixed cost base and a variable income, haven't they? They, no. they only get paid when that deal gets done. Yeah. So it's kind of irrelevant what the offer is. If the offer can't be converted, if we can't raise funding, mm. um, and I know, I mean, you you're you're very patient and create that pipeline, um, putting offers in. You know, how many deals have we have we completed on that initially we were second or third in the running, and the yeah, people in theory beat us. Mm. They, they just couldn't perform, could they? Couldn't perform, couldn't get it over the line, and uh, we had one to turn around in literally forty eight hours, if you remember. In Colchester, and um, we we came in second. They called for bids. There was about five parties bidding, called for bids. We came in second, which is never a great great place to be, or was it? Um, I remember I, <laughs> the next day I was off to Centre Parks, and I was riding around Centre Parks on my bike, and I got a phone call from the agent. This was the next day, and he, he gentleman, um, he said, um, "Oh, Nigel, um, you know that price you put in? Um, unfortunately, the guy that." we thought was going to, we were going to go forward with. He, um, unfortunately, he couldn't progress. It was something to do funding and its circumstances and what have you. So we'd like to accept your offer. <laughs> and I said, what offer? <laughs> you know, and um, it kind of went down that, that route, really. So we did a bit of a negotiation and, um, yeah, we, we secured, because I, I knew that my price now was the top of the tree, because if that fellow had fallen away, all of a sudden I was up there. Yeah, exactly. Um, did a bit of negotiation on that one. So that was a really good result. So second is not always um, a problem. You just got to stick in there because, you know, from getting the yes to conveyancing could be anything. I mean, we've seen oh, probably the, the fastest, you know, could be probably four months, three to four months, you know, that sort of period. Um, but longest, nine months, you know, I think in our history, you know, complexities or maybe subject to planning or whatever it may be, you know, it can be a, a prolonged uh, period of time. So anything could happen during that period. Party drops out, you're in second place, away you go, you know, that sort of thing. So really, really great opportunity. But um, I think just, um, sorry, I, I wanted to answer the question actually, because I, I think, you know, using uh, VA, I think is a good thing. Um, all, all, I, all I think I'm saying is I, I did it myself. I, I, I did that hard yards, but why not? You know, if there's if there's a mechanism of, of you know pulling up to the surface, all these parties that can serve you in the future, absolutely. So I I would urge people to consider that as an option. I, I personally just just did it myself and uh, got the got the detail down. Yeah, I think yeah we're in a very much a, a people business though relationships are, are absolutely everything one of the one of the very frequently asked questions we get is you know how do you find deals for for your sas 
And, and we come back to the S word, and that S word is structure, 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 structure. And if there's one thing that Nigel and I have, have done over 30 years of, of experience in industry, you know, we know how to structure deals. So we, we, we won't go out and find a deal for our SaaS or, or for anything else for that matter. Nigel will find great deals that work. And once we get the yes, then we're looking at how we best structure that uh, in terms of tax efficiency. And that, that's a key part. I mentioned the, 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 the book. So we got property and SaaS secrets. Um, and it's a book actually you asked us to write. Um, we had so many questions. Um, so we decided to write the book on it. Um, so if you imagine, it doesn't matter whether you've got a SaaS pension or not got a SaaS pension, how you can structure elegantly, how you can raise funding for all the different permutations. It could be service accommodation. It could be supported living. It could be commercial to residential conversions. It could be residential buy-to-lets, holding commercial property. You can do all of these with an interaction between SaaS and uh, a non-SaaS. Sometimes the answer might be put them in a limited company, sometimes mm. in a limited liability partnership, um, using capital allowances, looking at tax efficiency, mm. working, collaborating with somebody else's SaaS. So if you want access to unlimited funds, you have to understand how to structure and you really need to understand how a trustee thinks, what they can do, what they can't do, their parameters. And that's what that's what this book does. It helps you to structure. This will be your design manual for how to structure deals. But you have to understand what's in the art of the possible. So this goes live on Friday. And uh, Nigel, I'm I'm actually uh, uh, breaking my clubhouse virginity on Friday. Oh, look at you! Clubhouse <laughs> Friday morning, nine o'clock. Um, I'm sure I'll be sending out something on social media to to, to let you know. But uh, yeah, I'll be doing a, a live uh, club uh, clubhouse on nine o'clock on on Friday. So yeah, Friday morning. If you want to support, get a great book. Um, and we'll be having a, a, a nice offer there as well. So, um, yeah, lots to learn. Very relevant to how you, how you can find and structure your deals. Yeah, absolutely. And, and all the books are relevant, aren't they? They all describe the journey. And uh, it's almost if we could urge you start with number one, you know, the, the commercial conversions, advice younger self, the, uh, the book on SAS initially, the second one. You know, it's just, just great, isn't it? Just great. Yeah, there's just that. There's that ecosystem, the SAS cars there for case studies. as that ecosystem. So, but look, this is what we do. Um, we're not talking about what you could do. We're talking about what we actually do. So we we do have a, a whole rake of vitalettes and, and HMOs and commercial property and commercial conversions. Um, and, you know, yeah. we we enjoy all of those. But it's all about tempering your risk and reward, and you're going to be very different uh, to the next person and, and to ourselves. Um, so we don't judge. Everybody's different. Um, but understanding that risk reward creates that hunting license that Nigel mentioned earlier on, so that you can go out and strategically uh, acquire assets. And it reminds me, actually, the first strategic call we had with one of our mentees only a few weeks ago, actually, just in one of our January cohort starters, um, they didn't understand 
what property asset class they were looking at. Is it HMOs? Is it buy to lets? Is it commercial to residential? Um, and we actually started with their current income streams, their current tax. And we could see they were a, a very, uh, very high salary, uh, receiver. So massive PAYE. So acquiring commercial property with capital allowances and structuring it in the right way that they could, uh, mitigate most of their, their income tax was, was, was phenomenal for them and an absolute game changer in terms of their strategy. They then created that mandate to themselves to go and strategically acquire a property asset that had a, a double compound curve in their life. Mm-hmm. Great yield, mm-hmm. great equity advancement, but also uh, highly tax efficient. Very much so. Very much so. No, it's, it's, it's a great, if you get, if you get it, you know, if you get it right, it's a, it's a wonderful journey to get on board, definitely. And, uh, but not to underestimate, you know, it is a numbers game. We've got to get volume flowing. And, you know, do the analysis right, understand the nitty gritty of the analysis. Um, so when you're making offers, you've got that comfort in your mind that, you know, the deal has been stacked in the right way. You know, we've thought about even down to matters of that cycling and um, just making sure, you know, that we've got enough cash in the SPV. So we cash flow all of our deals, uh, don't we? Uh, in mo- at multiple levels, actually, just to make sure, you know, a simulation of the SVV, we never drop below 5k bank balance at all during the entire life. And, you know, that's that's taken the analysis to a level, but it's all automated, which is fine. So we just flick a button and it throws it out. So, so that's good. But that just gives us maybe an extra level of private capital we may need just to deal with that uh, VAT cycling. But um, yeah, so w- whatever you do, please just analyze it correctly. Um you know, in the right way so that when you when you're making the offers, you've got, you know, that that assurance in your mind that you can actually complete because the next person that's gonna tap on your shoulder is going to be the bank's valuation uh process and the valuer will be asking you to justify and evidence every single number if he's if he so chooses to. So you've got to be mind minded to make sure you've got all that evidence on every single line item uh, with your analysis. But uh, yeah, we do a lot of that, Mark, don't we? But um, you know, there's there's no there's no rule of thumb particularly. There are some high level bits and pieces, but it all depends what you're looking at, doesn't it? You know, what the building is, where it is, what the costs are. You know, was it what's the history of the building? Was it a, a, a car park, and therefore you've got to get you know remediate the land and decontaminate? You just it's all about the detail of what you're looking at and what's in front of you. Will will define the costs and therefore the analysis and therefore the offer price and so on and so forth. So, but yeah. So, I mean, I think just, just finally, um, you know, com- complete on the deal where possible, I think is key. Um, the danger, I mean, you know, all offers are all subject to contract um, and there is another level of due diligence that is required, which is more at a legal level, um, but where you can complete. Um you know, there will be always situations where, you know, the unforeseen bubbles up to the surface and nobody could have seen it. And as a result, it's just not going to work, even if you reduce the price. There's always going to be those circumstances. But, you know, what we're thinking about is all of the supply chain, including the commercial agent, you know, he's now not going to get paid um, and so on and so forth if you don't complete. So, you know, complete where possible. Um, 
not not at all cost. You know, you just got to complete where possible. Do what you say you do. Yeah, that's, exactly. Uh, moral in life, isn't it? So I just had a yeah. direct message there. So I've just put a link in the chat box if you're interested in in mentorship. There's a, a link there that you can book a complimentary thirty minute call with myself, and uh, more than happy to have a have a chat with you and see if that's right for you. So just visit that in the chat box. And uh, Nigel, we are out of time yet again. A fantastic session there. Lots of great <laughs> questions from from our attendees as well. And, um, and you'll be able to listen to this within uh, within the next two weeks in our new podcast form as well. So really looking Absolutely. forward to that. Absolutely. Great. Is that, is that time of? Oh, sorry. It's, it's that time of the month, isn't it? As well, in terms of. We've got our, our two-hour mentorship call straight after this. So we're going to, with our, our mentees, and we've got a new cohort that's just joined us in February, which is fantastic. And uh, we're going to do a further deep dive into, into this particular subject and really get the drains up. And, uh, yeah, so we're really looking forward to that. And uh, we're done around 11 o'clock. Brilliant. Well, look, have a great week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Breakfast with Nigel and Mark. And we'll see you usual time, 8 o'clock next Wednesday morning. Have a fantastic week. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Property Portfolio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and that it inspired you on the next leg of your journey. If you've got any questions or comments, why not reach out to us at our Facebook page, Equa Academy. Also, don't forget to register for free access to hundreds of property development videos and templates over at equaacademy.co.uk and we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you.